Welcome to the second episode of the Disconnected series by John Doe. Today, uh, it's me, myself, Tux, and uh, my colleague, Ellen, and we're going to talk for a couple of people who've created different scenes within the sustainable fashion. We're also going to look at the impacts of corona and uh, how these things have really changed and uplifted the norm, okay? But first, I just want to introduce uh, my guest. Sticking off uh, from Caffeine, can we have Paul? Paul, can you tell me a bit more <laughs> about yourself? And, uh, and Caffeine, please. Uh, so my name is uh, my name is Paul Donati. I'm the director at Catching a Fish in Norway. Uh, in short, that's Caffin or the Caffin Collective. Um, we set up in 2014, um, and we've been pushing for social justice and environmental procedural change in the fashion industry for yeah for over six years now. Um, we've got a big focus on. Uh, promoting and supporting young up-and-coming artists and, and creatives. That's what we're trying to do. Amazing. And for you, MK, can you introduce uh, Drew Cal? Um, owner of Jehugal, uh started in 2016, and I'm the designer and owner. And yeah, that's what I do. Make clothes, homeware stuff, umbrellas. And uh, John Rapalona, can you introduce uh, your company and what you guys do? My name is John Maleva, I'm Visual Image Director of Apollonia Studios and I work with two other of my business partners. And Apollonia is an apparel lifestyle brand and at the minute we're actually designing our first shoe which is really cool and the main driver behind this is creativity, innovation and giving up and coming talent a platform to showcase their work. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we're going to move on to the discussion points, okay? So I'm going to take the first bit and then Ellen's going to jump in about halfway through. So uh, the first question, again, this is to you, Paul. Uh, what does sustainability in fashion mean to you? And what's the value of it? Uh, what does it mean to me? I mean, I guess those are two really um, kind of broad and, and, and also important words because... Uh, I mean, sustainability is really broad and it does mean kind of encompasses, um, I don't know, something, something, something could be called sustainable, but there's a lot of greenwashing going around these days. And I think, I think the most important thing that a brand can really push for initially is at least that values aspect and figuring out what your values are about as a brand. Um, and if your values are um, protecting the environment, trying to protect biodiversity and prevent climate change and making sure that people are being treated fairly and promoting human rights and promoting uh, equity in the fashion industry, then I guess that would be what my sustainability is about. But I, I also do think like larger fashion brands should take a big step back and, and look at what their values are actually about. Oh, I like it. Okay. Same, same for you, same for you, MK. So the question is, uh, sustainability in fashion, what does it mean to you and what's the value of it? See, I thought it just meant to, like, um, anyone could be sustainable. But I kind of realised over, the, like, the last year and a bit that I don't really think you can be sustainable in fashion. I feel like the right world would be to be responsible and not sustainable because unless you just stop making clothes altogether, most of the time you can't really be sustainable in fashion. Like you're still making clothes, you're still using water, cotton, polyester, whatever to make something. And eventually we end up in the bin. But I mean, it's kind of hard to be full circle. But for me, it means to be responsible. So understanding your whole production line. I don't mean just going from supplier to selling it and shipping it out. Is going from where the cotton comes from, who's making it, how they're making it, 
Um, and then when the customer gets it in their hand and they have the packaging in their hand, they have to now throw it away. How's that going to get disposed of after? So that's that whole line you have to think about there. That's what I think about. And I think the value behind that is um, one, towards the environment, and two, educating your customers actually think a bit more deeply into what they're doing. So apart from buying into my brand, when they buy into other brands, oh, okay, our Ikea are doing the right thing in homeware. Our Sainsbury's doing the right thing in so-and-so. And then just looking at other ways to try and affect their life, I think that's where the value comes from for me. But yeah, that's what I'd say on that. Love it. And then the same question for you, John. What's sustainable, uh, sustainability sorry, in fashion mean to you and what's the value of it? Mm, I think over the last couple of years, I think sustainability has just become kind of a bit of a buzzword, hasn't it, really? And I think a lot of people are just trying to tick it off their list to be like, yeah, cool, we're sustainable because it, it, it makes them look good. Um, but I think like in my nine to five, I work for a, a luxury fashion brand and I think luxury is probably the least sustainable industry that, that is out there. And I think I see a lot of things go to waste. And but for me personally, I think sustainability is probably about like, it's, okay, so you can have the whole thing of yes, responsibly sourcing and going from, from your, your supplier to, to, to your end client in, in a responsible way. But I think for us, it's trying to make pieces that last a lot longer. So investing in higher quality pieces that people can actually value and, and look back and be like, right, I've still got this. I'm not going to just chuck it away and trying to make pieces that aren't so disposable. And sort of having uh, an element of like sentiment to the pieces as well. So you, you, you kind of feel to yourself like, wow, I've invested in this and this really means means quite a bit to me. But I think we're always learning. We're always trying to evolve and, and making sure that we're delivering the best product uh, to people with the, the least amount of negative footprint that we possibly can. But I think it's an ongoing conversation that everyone needs to have. And I think we ourselves need to look into it uh, a bit deeply as well. I don't know if that answered the question. No, no, it does. It does. It does. And again, back to you, Paul. Uh, what are your experiences of trying to work with other brands within this space, within the fashion space? Um, positive so far. Really positive. Um, we, got, uh, we got a big shipment of, um, of dead stock from a, a, a big luxury fashion house. Um, and they were really supportive of what we were trying to do. Because there are some companies... Uh, not to name anyone here, I don't want to put you guys in it, but there are loads of companies who just throw away their waste at the end of the day. Um, and in terms of like, like uh, MK was saying about making it full circle, like other, there are fashion brands who want to support, they want to support innovation from a, a small company perspective and are really willing to support that. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you have companies who don't want to collaborate with you at all um, and who aren't willing to kind of support that um that 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 aspect um but i mean we met some really great sustainable fashion brands like you guys at london fashion week um and the the outcome of that was collaboration meeting people with shared values and similar ideas but also who are kind of excited to work together and come up with new things together which was uh yeah a really good thing I actually don't really reach out to other brands. Like, I mean, I worked with Nike before, and that was pretty cool. They were quite fun to work with. And Foot Asylum and other quite big brands. I like working with bigger brands. But um, it's uh, they try to finesse you sometimes, I would say, maybe. But you have to just stand your ground. That's the main thing. Like, if you just know your worth and know, like, how to operate, everyone will put respect on your name, I'd say. 
But it's just, that's, that's just how life is in general, I think. People will try and get one over you in general. So as long as you know your worth and know yourself, you'll you'll be fine. And then the same question goes to you, John. Uh, it's actually been really good. Um, I think we've done, aside from obviously producing our own apparel, we produce for, for other artists uh, and like individuals that want to produce merchandise or whatever. And most of them that we worked with actually love the fact that we use sustainable materials and it's actually quite a nice, unique, a nice, unique selling point for them as well because obviously everyone's aware of it. So everyone's like, oh my God, right, guys, it's a sustainable brand. They absolutely love it. So there hasn't been any sort of negative pushback um, as of yet. But um, yeah, honestly, it's been pretty good. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So um, it's a bit more of a personal question. But um, so I don't know your background, Paul, but going from your background, do you feel like you're represented within fashion? Do you feel like people from your background are represented uh, within the fashion space? As a middle-class white guy, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, no doubt. Um, yeah, I have no doubt about that. Uh, and there needs to be more representation of, of the a &E, um, minorities. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really easy question to answer, actually. No, fair enough. And, you know, just being straight up for it is, is fantastic. And then, MK, the same goes to you. Do you feel like people like you are represented within this space? go into a big corporation you see us on the mood boards but then when it comes down to the actual production you might just get one of us there and then you got none of people that are not black or not asian or whatever so it's like we're there and we're not there we inspire it but we're not giving the we're not getting paid the correct rates we're not getting given recognition we're not giving credit on the articles or whatever kind of thing like that so mm. that's what i would say on that but it's changing though like, I mean, I've got a lot of friends that are models and the emails they've been getting in the last two weeks because of the whole um, George Floyd thing. So yeah, oh, you want to get exotic models now. now. You want to get black girls. Only black women only. It's just like, uh, fourth round. that's what they're saying anymore <laughs> now. So it's just, but it's funny right now. Like everyone's trying to get like that token black person in the office now, really. But it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a shift. It will take time, but it's a shift and it's going on definitely right now. It's very hot right now. Appreciate that. And the same goes for you. Do you, do you feel like there's a representation of people, people like you, and I guess people like us in that in that space, John? No, I don't think we're anywhere near achieving the kind of representation that is. I want to say I want to say fair. I think the kind of representation that is required, we're nowhere near there. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But as I think as MK said, I think in the last couple of weeks there's been like a massive, a, a massive pull, a massive call for people of color. To, to kind of be put to the forefront but i think in, in one way in some respects it does work in our favor because okay yes we're not as representative sorry as represented in, in certain circles but if then we come through an amazing idea that cuts through all that noise then it kind of gives us an amazing spotlight on top of us to wow these guys are doing some really cool look what they, they're doing but i think it's like i said going back to my original point it's really about being a trailblazer and being a leader and, and showing that example to be like people of color or people like myself can make it in these circles and you should also be able to follow suit. So I think for me personally, I want to kick the door down and let everyone in, but I don't want to just be let in purely based on um, just ticking that box. I want to be there on merit. I want to be there based on my skills and my talent, not just because uh, that, that token black guy to spice things up and make shit look cool. That's not really the reason why I'm here. Like I'll put my 10,000 hours in and I deserve to, to, to be given my, my space and my voice to shine. I mean, to that, with the due uh, pay and the due 
um, highlight that the work deserves for sure. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, Paul, you again. How do you feel brands uh, and the media communicate around sustainability and what do you think needs to change? Um, so I guess I guess brands and the media kind of both communicate in their own ways. Um, if we're talking about fast fashion brands, then it's uh, uh, they communicate hypocritically, I'd say. Uh, and it's a lot of kind of a lot of lies, a lot of greenwashing, um, a lot of bullshit. Um, and I think like it's quite difficult. It's quite difficult for the public to pick up on the subtleties of media campaigns, um, which is why it's kind of our role, I think, as sustainable brands to like promote that. Um, and raise awareness of that so that people see that if a if a company releases a super ethically and sustainably made capsule collection that it doesn't actually reflect what the brand does um and i think like a a big a big aspect of what's happened with covid-19 is hopefully people have been able to see see through those those brands that kind of say that they're ethical and sustainable but then actually leave factories and kind of vulnerable people in the shit in times of crisis um Sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this. But yeah, um, that's, that's, how I, that's, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Okay, so the same question goes for you, MK. I feel like the way brands move with it, like, for example, like H&M, all these big, uh, massive corporations, whatever, it's like when you're overweight and you go to McDonald's and you go and get a massive meal and go, oh, can I get a Diet Coke as well, please? That's, that's what it feels like. Because it's like, you know, you're, you know what you're doing is bad, they're going to do a little a little thing on the side just to make you feel a little bit good, get a little thumbs up, and then go back to the whole meal that's going to ruin your insides. That, that's what it feels like to me, so... Okay, okay. I don't... <laughs> look, look, I don't want you to get dragged for any of this. So, like, I don't think we can use... Let, let, let them try and drag me, bro. I'm, <laughs> Man, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's, it's just, honestly, it's like, they're not being healthy, like... You know you need to, I don't know, eat cleaner, but you're going to get a massively trash meal, have a little bit of water on the side to say you're being healthy. And it's like, you're not, the overall thing you're doing, it doesn't cancel out like that. So H&M will do a tiny little collection just so they can get an article in Vogue saying, oh, we're doing this 10-piece collection on sustainability. But then the whole collection, aside from that, is just fast fashion, sweatshop working it's like that's not how that's not how it works so it's like there's a lot of brands that are just doing enough to get that article to look good and then go back to their terrible ways brands that i like are like nudie jeans or noah new york who actually they've been doing this for years and you can actually read into them properly and see what they've been doing so i only buy my jeans from like nudie jeans because of how great their efforts are in being genuinely sustainable and showing you can see through the brand they're very transparent whereas h&m is like that's just an example, but yeah, that's, that's how I see it with these brands and media. And the same question for you, John. Again, how do you feel brands uh, and and the media communicate around sustainability and what do you think needs to change? It's all smoke and mirrors, man. The whole thing is smoke and mirrors, especially for the bigger brands, uh, uh, like Swish, like high street brands. I think because they know people need to consume the, the items and they know people are really not going to recycle them. People are not going to keep them for that long. So that yeah, they just try to uh, kind of front these amazing PR campaigns and be like, yeah, look at us, we're doing all this amazing sustainable stuff, which really, really isn't true. Um, so yeah, again, it just really needs to have that transparency behind them 
because I think people are starting to be more educated about not only about sustainability, but I think about how big corporations work. I think people are really starting to see see through it. Whereas I think in the beginning, when people were kind of uh, being educated about sustainable fashion, brands were able, were able to get away with it. But I think now people are well more informed to be like, mm, hold on a minute, you're lying, aren't you? This this isn't true. You're not you're not being really sustainable. So I think yeah, it's just transparency with everyone because people can get called out. You can see on Twitter or Instagram, whatever people exposing brands for what they, they add, really are. Can I add on to your point? Yeah, because I, I I really agree with that. Um, but I do think that like transparency shouldn't be it shouldn't be the responsibility of, of brands of, of big brands especially because at the end of the day people are greedy and it's shareholders who are behind it and if it means making more money then they're not going to do it which is why i think like push for change push for government change push for people people's awareness so that they can push for government change um i mean maybe it's a bit of a socialist perspective but like it's like with covid you can't expect you can't expect people to go and, and do like that's what laws are for, in, in, in my in my opinion. Speaking of COVID, <laughs> um, how, um, Paul, have you kind of personally um, changed as a result of coronavirus and, and the whole lockdown concept? I'm completely mad. <laughs> uh, how, how, how have I personally changed? Uh, yeah, I have gone a little bit nuts. Um, I... Um, missing friends, um, missing normality in social life, the same as everyone, I guess. Um, I initially, I was like, oh, I'll take this time. I was like, oh, I have all this free time where I'm not commuting and stuff to to self develop and and learn new skills and and that. But actually, I haven't done any of it. Um, and I think that to be honest, this is a time to survive. Um, and yeah, if you, if you have the motivation to learn some extra skills, then that's great. But, um, yeah, I think if, if I'm going to, I mean, as, as this kind of develops and hopefully ends at some point, um, maybe an outcome of it, I think would have been kind of strengthen, strengthening the ties with, with my team, especially. And, and for me personally, that's, that's a really nice thing. Um, MK, the same to you. The first thing was it made me a much more grateful person in the sense of like, I actually sat back one day and I was like, wow, like I'm financially stable. I'm in my family. Let me just be grateful for this first of all. And then I was like, cool, let me, I, that was a big eye opener for me. I had a lot of realizations in this time. And then I started to work um, on new skills. So I paid for some online classes in design. So looking at typography, graphic design, illustrates. And I would just get up every day at like seven in the morning and just do that all day. And then started to design from there. I worked on loads of new stuff. Uh, started to work on new ways of advertising online. So doing like little bits on Instagram and doing stuff around that. I got a batch up in my house now. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Like we broke our record in monthly sales on, in all time. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. We managed to do that during Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, it's been it's been fun. Like it's been a very interesting time to learn how to maneuver this. And I like a challenge, so I've enjoyed this. So, yeah. Bit of a contrast in answers there. <laughs> um John, same question to you. Any um, any kind of personal changes that you've um, experienced in lockdown? Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. When lockdown first happened, I thought this shit was the ghetto, man. I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I then mean, I realised how hectic my life was before this. I was, I think, I used to travel quite a bit for work, and I was never home. 
And I think it made me, number one, appreciate like my flat and I'd appreciate like having nights in rather than going to the pub or like end up in a random sort of club or whatever. But I think it's kind of given me a lot of introspective in terms of what it is I want to achieve personally and obviously with the business. And again, same to everyone, it's, it's kind of made me reconnect um, with family and friends. And obviously like Zoom calls and Zoom quizzes, which I'm actually obviously tired of now. But yeah, maybe like slow down quite a bit and really kind of prioritize my own kind of um, like mental sort of headspace quite a bit. And I think going forward, I really want to be protective of my time because I think before I would spread myself quite thin and I'd be like, right, I can do it. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. I was spinning quite a lot of plates. But I think now I think my head is a lot clearer. Um, the best thing that's happened to me, not to sound like a yogi, but like meditation has been like phenomenal. Like able to organize my thoughts and compartmentalize quite a lot of things that come rushing into my mind. I think it's, I mean, obviously, yes, people have died and it's an unprecedented like global pandemic. But for me personally, it's been one of the things I've needed the most to really ground myself. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you. Um, next question, Paul. What about to your business? How has coronavirus impacted your business and have you kind of needed to adapt at all? Uh, it's impacted the sales a lot. Um, it's impacted my team's, well, the team's capacity to to plan and work together just because you don't have that same connection when you're not in the same room. Um, but it's actually been a great opportunity to kind of think outside the box a lot. Um, and we've adapted quite well to it, moved a lot of, I mean, it's already an e-commerce kind of brand. It's all done online and, and we like, we do have a few stockists here and there, but it's been kind of like an opportunity to, I don't know, come up with some creative kind of initiatives. Like this virtual art exhibition that's coming up is actually a really cool way of kind of getting something that you wouldn't, we would never have done something like that had we not been in this position where we have extra time and um and a social a social kind of area that we can we can work on digitally awesome that sounds good MK you kind of touched on it before with your sales but um are there any other ways that coronavirus has impacted the business yeah, I guess I've designed a lot of new a lot of new stuff um there's been a lot of progression like I actually just signed um the contract for our first office in London, which is pretty cool as well. So that's, we move into there on Monday, actually. So that's on the four-year anniversary of the brand, which is pretty tight. But apart from that, it's just been a lot of progression for the brand, really. Like, it's, I'm excited for the next half of this year to see what we do now and see how we push the brand forward. But, um, yeah, pretty tight. And same to you, John. Yeah, 100% Williams adapt massively. Um, one of the things I think we didn't have time for was a lot of research and development. And we really spent the last three or four months whatever it's been just going back to the drawing board and understanding what it is that people liked about us in the beginning because i think it, it, we got lost in trying to put out as much stuff as we can and trying to keep up with the demands of, of like of like our sort of fan base or client base but i think we kind of strayed too far away from what it is people actually really like fucked with us about in the beginning so i think we really really have like looks a whole new kind of 360 approach in terms of how the brand is presented and seeing if we kind of build new initiatives and really try and get involved with students more so actually working with a, an amazing university in uh, in atlanta which is the savannah college of art and design and see what we can do to work with their students and offer like um online tutorials and see if we can do some of some initiatives with each and every discipline there as well just to really move things forward and say that we're not just about grabbing sales and getting getting your money in our pocket. We want to see if we can kind of 
lead the charge in, in giving new creatives uh, a kind of place to shine. But I've loved designing now. I I didn't design as much before because I just didn't have the time. But I've really enjoyed going back to drawing board and getting inspired again. Amazing. So bringing it back to um, sustainability and kind of um, in fashion, how do you think coronavirus would have um, impacted the prioritization of shopping sustainably when it comes to fashion? Paul, I'm um, aiming that one at you. Um, I think I, I think people are talking a lot about um, the new normal of consumer behaviour and I don't know, the, the the optimistic side of me is is thinking that um, people will. Uh, realized from this the kind of fragility of um, society and and uh, and of, of humanity um, and that maybe that would push for consumer change um, people kind of realizing that we depend on nature um, and maybe also the fashion industry realizing that we depend on nature if you destroy it then there's nothing left to, to make anything with uh, but then there's the, the the more pessimistic side of me is kind of like well actually boohoo sales have gone through the roof um all these fast fashion companies despite all of this great stuff that we're all doing they're they're still growing and it's still getting stronger and stronger and like I don't know, that that's the that's that's the more pessimistic side of it but um yeah I, I feel like I feel like either way even if the fast fashion industry carries on growing the sustainability side will keep growing too and uh and will win eventually Emmanuel, the same to you. Do you think the crisis is going to have a positive impact on prioritising sustainability? I'm kind of the same as Paulie, but one thing I definitely will change is that they're going to have to cut back on the size of their collections for the next couple of seasons, I reckon, as well, especially the summer seasons. Like I've really seen Acme Studios doing a half-price sale in the middle of June on their summer collection, and that speaks volumes in itself. So I do think going forward, they're going to really cut back on how much they produce. And it'll probably be, I thought there would be lower price points, but they actually increased uh, Louis Vuitton and Chanel's prices by, I think, 10 20% on their product, which is kind of crazy to me, but got to get money, I guess. But um, I do think that, because people were camping outside Primark when it opens, so that kind of made me lose all hope for um, being sustainable. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, ah, it's so Did they really? I didn't see that. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, Primark for £3 socks? I don't understand. Yeah, like Primark, for what, pack of white socks? What's going on, man? That's not making sense to me. <laughs> this isn't me. I have nothing against Primark, but I was just like, it's going to put uh, an extra couple of years on top of the time needed to start to really get that change going because now brands are just trying to focus on making their money back. That's all they care about, a lot of them now. So they're not going to prioritize being sustainable. It takes more time. Let's just put out this new on-trend bikini or a new on-trend T-shirt or jacket and just get it going quickly. I don't care how it's made. Just make it quickly. We could just sell it and make the money back. So I think for the next year or two, it's going to be a weird balance of brands that do try and brands that just don't care in the slightest. just want to get their money back and get back to where they were with their business. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, John, any um, kind of thoughts on how this crisis might have impacted people prioritising sustainability in fashion? I don't think people care. If I'm really honest with you, I really don't think people would care. I don't think it's going to make any difference whatsoever. Um, I was having this conversation with my friends about a thing called revenge shopping, whereas obviously you've been locked down for like three or four months and you haven't been able to, I don't know, get like those Air Max vapors or whatever. The minute shops open, you really want to cop them. So I really don't think people care. I think people want to go out and spend... And I think 
the closer we get to, I don't know, like restaurants and bars and clubs opening up, you're going to see a massive, massive splurge on clothing and shoes and whatever, because people are going to try and recreate what it was before the virus and trying to go back to normal habits. And I think like everyone said, I think brands are really trying to stabilize the losses they've made over the last couple of months because you've got to realize business have been hit super, super, super hard. So yes, they're going to offer things discounted. They're going to offer like mini drops here and there. Um, yeah, they're just going to try and make their money back. Honestly, I don't, it's sad it is to say people don't really care. Uh, the next question, um, what do you believe are the lasting changes for com- the community and wider society as we emerge from lockdown? So I suppose specifically to, um, you know, sustainable fashion brands, what, what are the kind of lasting changes that will um, continue past lockdown? Yeah, um, the lasting changes, I think, uh, off the top of my head, I would say people will be working from home a lot more. Um, I think brands will, I'm not sure actually, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the lasting changes will be. I, I think I think it's going to be a new market. A lot of businesses will go bust and will have already gone bust. Um, and smaller, more resilient ones like ourselves, I think, will come through. Um, so I think there'll be a lasting change in that sense. Um, and I think there will be a lasting change in terms of, even if the even if the even if the impact fades, I think businesses will, and people who run and lead businesses, and people also who work for businesses as diners or as delivery people or whatever it will be, I think there's going to be a much broader awareness, definitely. Like like I was saying before, of of um, kind of the 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 actions that we do as as people have a have a consequence, have an impact. Nice. Um, MK, you kind of touched on this before, I think, as well, but um, are there any kind of lasting changes for the community and wider society as we come out of lockdown? Just to repeat what Paul you said, I think the main one's going to be working from home a lot more. Like, I know a lot of my friends, whether they be in fashion or working IT or finance, there a lot of them are working from home a lot more going forward. And if they ain't got to wear a suit to work anymore as much. They don't really tend to own that many joggers because they're used to wearing a suit Monday to Friday. So now fashion will now turn its attention to making more loungewear, more leisure wear, making homewares, so making the home experience more comfortable. That's why I saw all my tracksuits fly off my site within the first month of lockdown. So now I think the focus will now be on making sustainable fashion for loungewear, like T-shirts, hoodies, joggers. That's the main focus now, less on doing like, um, like trousers and garments that last as well because now you're going to be wearing it a lot more often in the house, might not wash it the same day. So that's going to be, the, the quality will be a big focus now as well, because you're going to be wearing it a lot more often. John, I'm going to ask it slightly different to you, but um, are there any kind of um, trends that you see around e-commerce being the way that people might kind of shop moving forwards, perhaps? I think that you would see more stuff tailored, I think, to... Yeah, I think to where people's lifestyles are after lockdown. I think you have um, like pushes within your inbox that are more tailored to how people are living um, going forward. And I think you will find that a lot of brands, is actually really interesting one that, um, that I saw the other week, is that there was a brand, I think it was in Amsterdam somewhere, where because of obviously a lot of online shopping and not many people are going within stores, what they're doing is they're offering um, these, like they've they're, they got basically rid of their, their brick and mortar store. 
and it opened up, it was like a set of lockers. So if you order something online, um, you, you go home, you, you try it on, if it doesn't fit, you go pop it in the locker and then you can send it all off there. And then also they had a couple of sizes in, in near the lockers where you can try certain items similar to what you'd actually bought online. So getting rid of that whole retail experience of going in, hi madam, what's your size, what are you looking for and browsing around. So I think that's quite interesting to see. Um, but one thing I would like to see die is is the influencer. I think the influencers had a horrible time during lockdown. I think like they're a, they're a vermin, but I, I shouldn't really say that. But I think I would like to see them be see them done away with because I think a lot of them kind of push values that aren't aren't realistic or relatable. And I think some of them uh, don't really have values or ideals. Uh, that are positive. So I think I would like to see the influencer disappear. If that's, if I can say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say either way. <laughs> no comment. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry. I mean, like fashion lifestyle influencers in, in particular, I think, yeah, they're, most of them are vapid. Obviously, there's still positive ones out there, but I'm not really a, a big fan of them, especially the big ones. But I shouldn't say that. I went off on tangent. Sorry. Um, no, no, that's good. It's actually really insightful. I'm just watching my um my tongue because my industry is kind of based uh, partly around some of some of these influences. <laughs> oh, so sorry. I mean... I don't, I don't, no, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't we um. I don't think the influencer industry should die. Oh, sorry, I, don't I, I don't know. Yeah, I think this. I don't know. Cause... I think there just needs to be more good ones. The right ones. That's it. The right, the right ones. ones. Yeah, I think everyone wants to be an influencer. Exactly, that's it. Because everyone wants to be an influencer, and I think it's a trend to be. Oh my god! Um, what I hate is you know, going to someone's Instagram, it says like a public figure at the top, but it's kind of like, are you really like you get paid ten pounds to like sell? I don't know, like slimming drinks or whatever. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I've been wanting to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the final question from me, um, what are your predictions, Paul, um, for your business post-coronavirus? My predictions? I mean, to be honest, I don't really have that many predictions because I've just got no idea what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, at this point, I'm more concerned about whether I've still got my own job or not, uh, whether I'm going to be able to pay my rent um, come August. So I haven't really thought that much about predictions because I also... I've got no idea, like, I mean, the business will grow and it will continue to grow. Um, and we were in a strong position before this happened. Um, and I'd say we're in an even stronger position going forward. Um, so I think it will grow. I don't think it will it will be too heavily impacted by it. Um, but I think it will definitely, definitely be affected, the same as every other business. And if we go into some horrible really long recession then of course we're going to suffer the same as everyone else let's hope not um mk um, same it's always been really kaizen's constant progression like that's all our focus on so i know we're going to keep pushing forward steadily one step ahead i mean now we've got the new office which is opening up on monday um uh, they've been employing some people as well so i know that's pushing me out of my comfort zone again i now got to work harder i now got to think of new ways to grow the brand so i can maintain pain the office paying for the employees and keep myself living my life as well so 
there's a lot of room for growth. Uh, we've got new tracksuits coming, new hoodies, loads of new stuff coming out. So I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a really solid end to the last half of the year, I think. Amazing. And John, um, last question for you. Um, what are your predictions for your business post-coronavirus? I'm super excited. Honestly, I really am. Um, I think the mindset that we all have right now is to really achieve and just create and put out so much more exciting stuff. And honestly, I wish I could just show you what we're working on. I think we're working on some incredible pieces across all the product categories. And like I mentioned earlier on, we're actually designing a shoe, which is like, it's mind blowing. Honestly, it really is the whole process of it. Like the stuff we've been looking at and referencing is it's just incredible. It really, really is. And the whole, I don't know, like designing a shoe is, I don't know how to put it into perspective. I think it's like making a baby, like in your womb. And I think it's, yeah, it's just it's an absolute trip. I think I never thought we'd get to the stage three, four years down the line where we actually having these discussions with, with manufacturers and, and looking at prototypes. And I think it's really, really cool and a testament to how much we believe in our brand and how much progression we've made. So I'm going to be more excited to, to move forward with this year, if I'm honest with you really really exciting and I, the other thing is i want to connect with other like-minded people because i don't know if it's the same for everyone else here but i think when you have your brand and your vision it's very much like this you have blinkers on and you, you kind of get lost in the source a little bit so i want to see if i can reach out to other people just for advice and just to benchmark and see like yo what are you guys working on or what do you think about this because it's quite easy to hoard a lot of your ideas because you feel oh, if i show them this they're going to steal it or like they're going to rip this off but as creatives you should always share your work because it allows you to be better and that's why i don't don't see myself as better than anyone else i don't see any other brand lower than myself because i think we can all learn from each other true that amazing what a lovely end what a lovely end all right guys i just want to say thank you for joining just a quick one to wrap it up if you guys could just uh uh all just shout out your socials and then on top of that um, what you got going on, anything you want to drive people to check out, I'd be appreciated. So maybe we start off with you again. Paul, uh, give us your, your socials and just have a little shout out. Uh, our Instagram is Caffin Collective. That's C-A-F-I-N Collective. Um, and we are currently working on a virtual art exhibition, which should be out, um, I believe, in two weeks' time. Um, the aim is to have it out by the end of June. Uh, and we'll have a bunch of really cool uh trendy artists on there uh so check it out support them donate um and uh be be, be a part of that brand instagram is jehugal j-e-h-u underscore c-a-l uh, i'm email 4k you've got uh, the first summer, summer drop coming out in like i think two three weeks time we've got this hoodie coming out uh, in black and white and we've got shorts bucket hats what's going on right now really and in the office so yeah a lot going on right now should be pretty fun um our instagram handle is apollonia.studios apollonia is spelled a-p-o-l-l-o-n-i-a.studios and i think one of the most exciting things we've got coming up is that initiative with the uh, savannah college of art and design and then we're launching another project called apollonia affiliates so we're building a community of like-minded creatives so we're going to be rolling that out soon uh, a very small drop of um, active gym wear to try and see what we can do with that. And of course, the shoe that should be out later on this year. Amazing, amazing. Right, that's it. Appreciate all of your time. We will send this across in about three weeks. Peace. Cool, thanks so much. Yeah, right. Thank you so much for your time.